one step in this long progress. It's been a team effort by us all the way. We're but part of the whole team that's worked so hard. The shuttle era will come to an end. But they won't stop inspiring, and they won't stop being a part of the fabric of America. We choose to go to the moon. everybody to a very special episode of Talking Space. My name is Sawyer Rosenstein and joining us is Gene McCulka. Welcome Gene. Good evening Sawyer. Really looking forward to uh, tonight's conversation. Thanks. I am as well and welcome as well Mark Ratterman. Sometimes I miss out on things that are coming up ahead of time. I'm glad I didn't miss out on this. I am indeed glad that we did not miss out on this one as well and Joining us is a very special guest indeed. Joining us is a young woman who has some very high aspirations. Her goal, as you may be able to tell by her hashtag, is to be the first person on Mars with her hashtag MarsOrBust2030. On top of that, she is launching a brand new campaign, which she will talk about, which involves going to see a launch, and a little bit of STEM outreach as well, and that is her hashtag SoyuzAdventure. And joining us is Abby Harrison, as also known as Astronaut Abby on Twitter. Welcome and thanks for joining us. Hi there, Sawyer. Thanks for having me today. We're glad to have you with us. And uh, Mark, do you want to start off with the questions? Sure do. Abby, I am curious. Can you tell us about what's coming up with a trip to see a Soyuz launch? Yes. Um... I first got the idea of going to see a Soyuz launch when I met my uh, mentor, Italian astronaut Luca Parmitano, and when we were in email correspondence after having um, met, and uh, I mentioned kind of as a joke to him once, like, oh, like, maybe you'll invite me to your launch when you go up or something, and um, it was just totally thrown out there as a joke. But then this year, as Christmas started to come up, um, he emailed me back and said, like, you know, I have a Christmas surprise for you. And I was really excited to hear what it was. And he says, "Um, I might have a ticket available for you to come see my launch. And so it's it was just so exciting to hear that I might get to come see a Soyuz launch in Russia. And that's how that started. I got to say what what, when I was. When I was in school, I never would have dreamed that I would ever get to talk to an astronaut. And here you are carrying on a a conversation and online back and forth. And and how did that get started? Was this the first time you spoke to somebody in the space program? It wasn't the first time I'd spoken to someone in the space program. It was the first time that I'd spoken in person to an astronaut in the space program. But prior to this, I had talked to a couple NASA officials Um, As I did a project that centered largely on space in seventh grade for a statewide history competition, um, a couple NASA officials, people who, scientists and just 
PR people with NASA and anyone um, reached out to me and were really great in helping me out and just very encouraging and anything that you wanted to talk about, they were there to talk about. Um, so this wasn't my first time talking to someone at NASA, but it was my first time having an in-depth conversation with an astronaut, which was really exciting and mind-blowing because that's something that I'd never considered before. It's such an outlandish idea, but most astronauts that you meet and most people at NASA are just so interested in helping kids and anyone who is interested in, interested in learning about what they're sharing with you. So you've never felt uh, anybody give you the brush off, I guess. Absolutely not. Not at NASA. They're so open and willing to share and help with any questions you ask. The most brush off I ever got was probably um, that they wouldn't let me on the launch site since I was younger than 18, which Sawyer knows about that. It's not exactly a brush off, but it can feel like it a little bit. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean about that. NASA has a strict thing with their NASA socials and NASA tweet-ups and pretty much anything relating to their press site that you must be at least 18 years of age or older. So that can be frustrating. But all of this started through Twitter? Yep. Um, I started a Twitter at the urgings of my mother, who is a social media and online marketing uh, advisor, for a um, uh, history project that I was doing because it was a great way to connect with people from NASA and get primary sources. And also just as I started to use it more, it was a great way to learn and to interact with other people in the space community. And the more that you interact with people, the more things start to pop out, like just opportunities and people who have really amazing ideas and things to share with you. So it's really an amazing community out there. Talking about Twitter and getting started with that, Every now and then I mention Twitter to people that I work with, friends or whatever, and and I get a response that, like, I've, I'm, I've got three heads or something, that they just don't relate. Do you ever run into that? I get that same response a lot, Mark. Um, a lot of my friends at school who are younger, I'd say, um, also s- seem to have the same opinion of Twitter, that it's kind of like that weird thing out there that no one quite knows, like, what do you call it? Do you call it tweeting or like twittering or what? Um, and when I tell them that I've had a lot of amazing opportunities through Twitter, a lot of people don't quite understand how that happens and that Twitter is really just an amazing site for um, connecting with other people. So I'm getting a lot of that same like misunderstanding that you are, Mark. So when it came to reaching out to uh Luca, the astronaut himself, did you just tweet him saying, hey, you know, asking him questions? Or how exactly did you get in touch with him and how did that work out? I actually met Luca in person at the STS-134 launch. Um, As we previously mentioned, my mom had gone to the uh, VIP section of it with the tweet up, but I had to stay at the visitor launch since I was under 18. Um, And so she had met Luca and told him all about me, but there wasn't any time for me to meet him during because it was such a short period of time that he was there. But as coincidences have it, um, as we were leaving Florida, we were going through security in the airport, and we turn around to get our um, bags out of the security channel, and guess who's standing right behind us but Luca Parmitano. And so he sat down with me, and I got to meet him, and we sat down and talked for about an hour He was so nice. He gave me an interview and he gave me his email. And then after that, we just kind of stayed in touch through email. 
and every now and then we'll tweet or whatnot because it's easier to connect with him that way when he's um, training. So that was really a crazy coincidence to happen. On top of this whole event of you actually going out to see the Soyuz launch, you're also planning on doing some STEM outreach too. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, something that I've been taught throughout my years in STEM is that the most important part of it is seeing if you can give it back to the community around you and inspire people younger than you to follow in your footsteps and to um, just get interested and start exploring. And so that's one of the biggest things I thought about um, when I heard that I would be attending this launch is that each astronaut only gets to invite 15 people and then there's other people, but usually it only ends up to be about 300 people who get to see each launch. So I felt really um, honored that I would get to attend this, but I worried that so few people were getting this experience and I wanted to bring it back and spread the uh, experience because it's such an amazing experience that to um, learn about it and to see it firsthand is really inspiring. And I wanted to share that with kids and adults around the world. So I'll be doing a lot of in-classroom visits and Skype web chats with classrooms. Um, I know that that doesn't always work out for people also, so I'll be taking online questions and there will be opportunities for teachers in classrooms and kids to send in questions that I'll ask people at the Russian Space Agency um, I'm just, I'll be writing blog posts about it to try and share my experience. So I'm just really hoping to get the experience out there and inspire as many people as I can. Hey, Abby. Hi, Gene McCulka here. Uh, first, thanks for, uh, t- taking your time out and, uh, stopping by and to tell us about all this. Uh, one, um, about the STEM outreach, uh, aspect of this. How is that going to work, and are, is it, is it, are you going to be doing, um, you know, sort of remote, um, uh, aspects of that, and also, will you be doing a remote from Baikonur, say? Well, I plan to share the entire experience from uh, Russia by tweeting and writing blog posts while I'm there, and hopefully having a Google Hangout, which will allow people to talk directly to me while I'm there. Most of the STEM outreach will be happening after I come back in about a six-month period, where um, I'll be making classroom visits to classrooms uh, around the country to talk to groups of students and uh, kids and just tell them about this experience and share it with them, which there will be a spot on my website where teachers and kids can sign up for an opportunity to get a classroom chat after the launch, which that'll be the biggest part of my outreach will be speaking at classrooms and schools after the launch because of logistics um, with trying to do that well in Russia. Most of it will be happening afterwards. Okay, thanks. And, um, Abby, one other uh, other question I had, and I asked this a lot because everybody's story is a little different, and I know how I got bit by the space bug uh, as, a small, as a small child. Uh, how did it develop for you? How, how did, how did uh, you know, spaceflight become an interest for yourself, and how, you know, when did you think that realistically this could actually be a career path for you? I'd always wanted to be an astronaut. Even when I was like five years old, I would say it to my parents like, oh, I'm going to be an astronaut when I grow up. But when you're five years old, no one listens to you. It's um, They just say like, oh, that's awesome, honey. Like, great. And then you continue onwards. But I held on to it. And um, 
as I got older, I kept saying it. And when I was 10 or 11, starting to get to 11, my mom started listening to me when I said, you know, I want to be an astronaut. And so she started to help me set stuff up. And that's how I came into understanding that this was a very real, reachable goal, that if this is something I wanted to do, I had to go after it and do it. But my interest in space, um, apart from the actual exact occupation that I wanted, probably started with um, books that my dad had given me when I was a kid. He was a really big sci-fi geek. And so he would share with me all these science fiction books. And some of them had space-related themes, like people who traveled through space and um, astro navigators and stuff like that. And I remember a specific time in, gosh, it must have been second or third grade, when I was reading a book and I decided to change my career path from a microbiologist to an astro navigator. And that's one of the times when I really started to pinpoint down onto it, like, this can happen, and that's something that I want to do. What would you say exactly to a, another, say, 10 or 15-year-old right now that's, that's kind of sort of wanting to follow in your footsteps? What kind of encouragement would you go ahead and give them? I would tell them that as long as they do what they love um, and study hard, I'm sure that they'll end up in the place that they want to be, and that what's really important is that you follow what you're interested in, not what you think will get you to a certain place, and that... Um, that they should just keep shooting for the stars, and I hope someday we'll be in the same crew. Considering the fact that you're in, in school, and by the way, we've got an international audience, so you're in high school, you're a sophomore, that would be grade 10 in, in numerically in the U.S. school system. Um, what's it like with your classes and your friends in school? Are they aware of what's coming up? Is your, is your school, the organization itself, actually involved in and, and what's coming up? Um, I have a couple teachers who are very excited about this trip. I've told all of them about it. And every now and then they'll bring up stuff that I'm doing in class. Specifically, my language teacher, I take Chinese, will show video clips of, um, like, I was on the news last year, and he showed a video clip of um, that in the middle of class. And I was just absolutely mortified because I was like, oh my god, I'm kind of embarrassed about this. But the kids in my class were so receptive to it, and they turned around and looked at me, and they just had so many questions. And they were very interested in it. And so after then, I've become a lot more open to sharing these things with everyone at my school. Um, You'd be surprised the number of people, when I've been hinting at this adventure that I'm going to be taking to Russia on my Twitter page, um... There have been kids that I didn't even know I knew at school coming up to me and saying, like, oh, my God, I saw this on your Twitter. Where are you going? I want to know where you're going. And so um, a lot of the kids at my school and a lot of my friends are really receptive and open to it. And they're just really interested in it because this is something they don't generally consider to be, like, a possibility. And so seeing someone do it is really interesting to them. Well, tell you what, I'll be talking to my friends about it because it's always good to have something positive and something to look forward to. And just to pass that on to other people is something that's very, very worthwhile, very, um, very valuable. So, Abby, I just want to make sure that the, that the school that you're attending, they are, are or are not, you know, possibly partnering with this or not exactly partnering with it, but 
um, are they going to still go ahead and do something while you know you're you're off over at Baikonur, or or hopefully there's going to be some sort of some sort of rapport? I was just finding out if if once you come back, will your school be kind of sort of profiling this as well? Mostly, this will be left to the individual teachers who are interested in picking up this story at my school, um, which most of my personal teachers will be sharing this with my classes and um, stuff like that. But I don't think that we're having a whole school item about this. Um, But the teachers who I have who know about it are going to be um, asking me to do presentations and stuff um, like that, partly as a recompense for the fact that I'm going to be missing two weeks of school and I need to make it up somehow and partly to share this experience. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's a good way to make it up. Um, and yeah. partly to share this experience with all the other kids in my class who are interested in hearing about it. Yeah, it sounds to me, Abby, that you're already making an impact because if you've got a whole bunch of folks back at back home in your own school getting really, really excited about this and kind of feel like they're, they've got a part of this because you, in a way you're going to be representing your class over there too. So I, I think you're already, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, you know, the, if the motivation is to, to inspire folks to, to look into the STEM technologies as a career, I think you've already started that fire. So, so, you know, congrats. Thank you. That's really what I'm hoping for. Hey, Abby, just sort of a, a follow-up to uh, the the question for uh, stuff back home and, and the school. How is the support base with all this? Because I know, that first off, this is rather extraordinary. Um, how's, how's the support been back home with all of this? I know you're about ready to embark on an adventure, and I hope uh, you're getting all the support uh, that you really, really want. So could you go ahead and just describe for us how, what's going on back home Um you know, to sort of cheer you on in this whole whole endeavor? My school has been immensely supportive of everything that I've um, tried to do. Back in eighth grade, when I went to the shuttle launches, they were always really helpful in, um, in making sure that I was excused from school and getting the word out and always just very excited about it. And I've had the same experience this year. With um, As soon as we told the principal about what I was going to be doing, she was so excited about it, and they're going to send it out in their school newsletter and do everything that they can um, to help the help it get around to the other students and to uh, support me, which is a really great thing. And it was something that I definitely expected from Minneapolis schools because they're always very supportive of um, student outreach and students trying to make a difference or do things on their own. Um, so there's been lots and lots of support from my school. That so- sounds grand. And uh, how's, how's your, uh, your parents reacting to all of this? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom is very involved in all of it since she helps me with all of my online marketing and or management and whatnot. Um, and she is a very much part of the driving force of this campaign. I would not be able to do it without her. So she's going kind of crazy with all of this. Um, and I'd say that they're both, both of my parents are just really supportive and excited about it. Because what else are you going to be but excited? Um, so they're just, yeah, they're really excited about it. And... 
my mom is so helpful with the entire campaign. She's kind of a space mom. Some people have stage moms. I have a space mom. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) cool. So with the STEM outreach, I mean, I personally am a STEM, for those who don't know that, science, technology, engineering, and math. I am a STEM educator, and I know for certain who got me involved in STEM. Who really got you involved in STEM and science as a whole? I'd say that when I really started to get involved in in science and STEM was in fifth grade. I had joined this program called GEMS. It's an after-school program by the Minneapolis Public School District called uh, it's Girls in Engineering, Math, and Science. And I joined it, and we built robots and did a lot of really cool stuff like that. Like, we sent um, weather balloons into the upper atmosphere and just amazing projects that really sparked my interest. And what was really important about this was that my fifth-grade science teacher took a very personal note with every girl who joined and um, definitely helped to um, influence us and excite us and make sure that every girl who joined this program was having a good time and um, learning something new every time. And so my fifth grade science teacher was a really big influence on me for that, and um, she was just a great teacher. Her name was Miss Hill, and she took us to Costa Rica in fifth grade and just had so many amazing outreach things that she worked on. You've seen a shuttle launch before, and I'm wondering, what do you, what are you kind of expecting? I know, obviously, it may differ when you see it in real life, but what are you expecting at the Soyuz launch? Um, I'm hoping that it will be a little bit different because they're not as, once you get in, they're not as uh, strict about the age requirements and such. So, like we talked about earlier, Sawyer, there's not that 18 um, and plus requirement. So I'm hoping that I can get a lot closer and more in depth with um, the entire process. And I'm really looking forward to just understanding how these launches happen because a Soyuz launch and a space shuttle launch are so different from one another that it's really an amazing experience to be able to see both of them in a lifetime. Um, So I'm really just looking forward to getting closer and more in-depth into the whole process. I don't know. Hopefully maybe this will even give you a little more excitement about your other little hashtag, which is Mars or Bust 2030, which I was there when it was started, but can you explain that a little bit? Mars or Bus 2030 is my goal to be the first astronaut on Mars, and we're saying by 2030. Um, the reason that we proposed that time date was because it will it's a good time date. It lines up with um, when would be the best times to travel to Mars, and also age-wise and whatnot, and um, just in general for the space program. But really what it's about is... Uh, making a goal and working towards reaching it. So Mars or Bus 2030 is my goal to be the first astronaut on Mars and my way of sharing that with the people around me. Um, someone actually made up that hashtag for me on Twitter just as like kind of a joke. Like They threw it out there like a number and a name. And um, after they said it a couple times, it just kind of stuck and we started using it. And it's a great way to... Um, put something real to the ideas that I'm putting out there. 
I've got a travel question, and this goes back to uh, I probably haven't mentioned this on the show more than a handful of times, if that. Uh, for like 20 years, my wife worked in the travel industry. She was a travel agent. At one point, she actually did reservations for one of the airlines that's now gone. But uh, this is a big trip. I mean, going from the U.S. to Russia, it's not just a straight line by any chance, is it? Is it, uh, is it, a, is it a complex trip as far as flights? Uh, or, or have you even got into that part of the planning yet? We have. We actually just bought our plane tickets the other day, and it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Um, we're going straight from Minneapolis, uh, which is where my mom and I live, to France. And then we'll have a couple-hour layover there, which is good because we're traveling on two different airlines, so we need time to get checked into the next one. And from France, we're going to Russia. And then um, once we get to Russia, we'll be in Moscow. And once we're there, NASA takes care of most of the arrangements of getting to Bankinor. Um So that is, it's really a pretty smooth trip and should, should go pretty well. Have you heard anything about what it's like traveling across Russia? Some of it, I guess, is going to be by bus or vehicle of some kind. Uh, do, you have, do you know what to expect? I know that once we get to Russia, um, we'll be traveling around Moscow a couple days with the family and friends of the astronauts. Um, and mostly it'll be on tours that are already set up. And one of the really important things that we've been told is that you always have to have a guide with you of some sort um, when you're in Russia. So we'll always have a guide with us. And then after that, um, NASA... Uh, hires a jet to go to Bankinor because there aren't regular flights going back and forth in between Moscow and Bankinor. So we will fly with the other guests to Bankinor. And then once we're there, it's um, very specific. Like you ride in vans and whatnot. And once again, you always have a guide with you um, because we don't speak uh, Russian or that anything. Um, and we don't know the culture and whatnot, so it's very important that you stay with the group and the guide and everything. So that's what I've heard about what'll be going on. This sounds like a lot of fun. I've always thought it was a uh, a bit of a extra bonus when I was traveling and I got to ride on a different type aircraft than I was used to. And it sounds like you'll be on a on a good variety of them. So uh, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Funding something like this doesn't sound like it's cheap. How how are you getting the funding for this? You're right, Sawyer. It is a really big uh, project to undertake fundraising-wise. Um, I've set up an online uh, crowdsourcing fundraiser on Rocket Hub where I'll be asking for donations and such from um, the space community around the world and um, most of a lot of this will go towards not just helping fundraise for the trip itself, which is a really big part of it, obviously, but also um, uh, going towards the educational outreach that I'll be doing after I come back, which is really the most important part of it. So um, I've had a lot of great contributions from a couple of companies who are being really helpful, but most of it will come from uh, small contributions from uh a large community of people. That sounds like a great way to do it. And obviously, if you want to help, a link to 
the Rocket Hub page will be in the show notes, so you can go ahead and donate if you choose. So, Abby, once you get over to Baikonur, who's going to be in charge of the itinerary over there as far as what you're going to be seeing and so on? Will it be NASA, ESA, Roscosmos? Who will be calling the shots? Um, there's really a partnership in the setting up of the entire trip between ESA and NASA and the Russian Space Agency because it's such a large uh, endeavor to get everyone talking to each other and whatnot. Um, so I know that when we're... In Mos- or when we're in Moscow, a lot of the tours and whatnot will be set up by Luca's wife. But once we go to um, the actual launch in Bankanor, it'll be um, handled more by the ESA personnel and the Russian space agency. So um, I know that that's what's going to be going on, but it's really kind of confusing because basically we're just being shuffled around with all the other families and whatnot. And... Um, so I'm not exactly sure how that's going to play out. Either way, it'll be exciting to go ahead and uh, and look back and uh, and and see all of this as it as it does play out as uh, we're watching it from this end. Mm-hmm. Abby, one of the questions I really have to ask, uh, and because this is a core um, concern of ours here on this program, is the current state of affairs uh, as far as the U.S. space program is concerned. And as you know, things have been kind of rocky of late. We, we're kind of just sort of getting our, our act together post-shuttle and so on. What do you, as you look across the landscape there, what do you think as a 15-year-old trying to get into the program um, about the current state of affairs in, in U.S. spaceflight and how, do you, how would, if you were in charge, how would you go about changing things? And if, if so, you know, how would you go about doing it? And uh, are you willing to go ahead and just can't wait to be a part of all this? Um, that's a really great question. And uh, it'll take a little bit to answer. But um, I'd say that with the current state of how things are with the American space program right now, I'm not very worried because even though we've had a lapse on our own um, driven human space flights right now, it's giving us a really great opportunity to share in some international cooperation with other countries, which is something that I see with just the utmost importance to the future of space travel, is that it's going to have to be nations working together instead of um, against each other. Um, So to me, this is actually a really great period for uh, America's space program because we're really pouring a lot of effort into, um, like what we're doing with the Soyuz, where we're sharing these um, experiences and these opportunities and uh, with other countries. And I see that as being like the most important thing to the future of space travel. Um, we're also in a really great place right now because of all the things that are happening with robotic exploration of Mars, which is just a great precursor for human exploration of Mars, is that um, that'll make it so much safer and more useful to us when we do decide to go to Mars to already have this understanding and this uh, pre-knowledge of what's going to be happening. So um, I'm really impressed with the way things are going right now. And I'd say that um, I'm very hopeful that in the future we'll have more human spaceflight, but as it is right now, um, we're doing pretty well, in my opinion. 
Abby, I got to say, with all the talk of the travel, the support from your community, your school, your family, uh, talking about the chance encounter with the astronaut at, at the airport that really uh, was a factor in, in making this happen, uh, here you've got what to me is just a symbol of how exciting this is, and that's your mission patch. Um, I really like it. I just wanted to tell you it's a it's a great looking patch. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so I think we have come to the point where we have our final question, and this is a question that we ask of all of our guests, and I consider it to be the most difficult question of all. Are you braced and ready? Okay, hit me with it, Sire. All right. If people want to find out more about you and your Soyuz adventure and everything that you're doing and follow along, where can they go? The best place to find out about that would be my website, which is www.astronautabby.com. But if that doesn't work for them, they can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, basically any social platform out there. Type in Astronaut Abby, and you should be able to find me. Um, wow, I thought you said this was going to be a hard one. <laughs> I always like to joke about that. <laughs> and also they can follow your adventure on Twitter with the hashtag SoyuzAdventure2, right? Yep, and that's where I'll be uh, doing most of the... Uh, as much of it as I can of the live um, sharing of the experience. Great, and of course, links to all that information will be in the show notes. Abby, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck on your adventure to go see the launch, and we look forward to hearing about it. Thank you. I'm, I really appreciate you having me on here today. It was great. Thanks. And also, thank you for joining us, Gene McCulka. Uh, thanks, Sawyer. This has been a fun night. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing uh, all the uh, positive impact that uh, Abby's going to make with this whole project. So uh, fasten your seatbelts, folks. It's going to be one fun ride. Indeed. She's going to go far. I have this feeling. And thank you all for joining us, Mark Ratterman. You know, if it's at the beginning, it's going to be good. And if it's at the end, you know it was something special. Yes, indeed. And uh, again, as we mentioned, all the links to everything that she's doing is in the show notes. And we'll keep track of her mission and follow up with her as things progress and we'd like to thank you for joining us and as always have a great day night evening or whatever it may be where you are 